Hello and welcome to Surthriver Unleashed. I'm Rena Romano, your host and a Surthriver and advocate for survivors of child sexual abuse and sexual assault. This show is all about the endless positive possibilities of surthriving after sexual abuse. So let's get started with today's program. Hello, Sir Thriver, and welcome to today's show. I am so excited because it's going to be epic. This show is going to go down in history. It's in the history books because we have our first male Sir Thriver on the show. This guy is fantastic. I love this man and his family. They're just, they're awesome people. So, Jay Hostin is a surthriver of child sexual abuse, and he's a surthriver, survived the murder of his father by his uncle. So what a childhood. But, but Jay had a, you know, like all of us do, was very destructive and self-sabotaging in his life before he got help. And now he's doing some wonderful things in the UK. So he's from across the pond. Please help me welcome Jay Hostin. Hi, Jay. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everybody that's listening. I'm honestly humbled to be here. Um, Some of the words you were using there are historic. And, you know, I just want to to help other guys know that that there's nothing to be ashamed of. and, And it happens a lot more often than people think. And take power and, and speaking out about it and, and, and we can make an end to it, hopefully start an end to it. But it's an honor I, to be here, I realize. Oh, well, you're so sweet. Well, it's an honor to have you, Jay. And um, I want to tell the folks that are listening, you watched my TEDx talk. You were still in a bad place um, a while back. And I understand that. And those listening understand because it's a long road to recovery. But you came across my TEDx talk and it's on YouTube. Healing from sexual abuse can start with one word. And tell me, what was it like? What did you feel after you saw that talk? You know, after the start of my recovery, I was doing some great or good grassroots work trying to raise awareness of ACEs. Uh, and especially men, and I'd, I'd put together a few, put together a few male support groups. I'll get to that later, though. And I just had a really bad experience with a charity, and it was it really put me off, and it left me with low self-esteem, really low self-esteem. The fire was still there for ACEs and adverse childhood experience, child abuse, self-sexual abuse, but for some reason, I had the wind knocked at me, and I, I, I just. I didn't see how I could do any more. And I'm flicking through YouTube, and as always, I, I like to look out for the inspirational speakers on ACs. And I come across you, Rena. I came across a few, a lot. I came across Nadine. I came across James Docherty, uh, a, a lot. But then I, I listened to you, and your story was so similar to mine that you struck out, and, and the way you were walking on the stage and talking so proudly, and, you know, it, it just instantly, there was just a fire in my belly, and I thought, you know, there's this woman, a woman standing on the stage, talking about the things that we can't talk about. And a bit of me felt a bit ashamed that I was thinking about giving up and, and, and no following on with the journey. 
but after I saw you speaking, I was just, I've got to reach out to this woman. I've got to reach out, I've got to talk to her, I've got to see, you know, and I did, I did. And um, yeah, it made me feel, it just fueled the passion. It, it turned a, a fire that was in my belly already into what is now an inferno arena. And I can't thank you enough for that because, you know, this journey where I am now, the things that are even happening in Scotland because of me um, and what I do with my lived experience, You've got a you've got a big part to play in that for for the support you gave me and for and for the talks you gave me, you know. And I can't thank you enough for that. Well, thank you, thank you, Jay. And I want people to know, you know, you said I was walking proudly on that stage, and I'm so proud of you. And this is what I want other survivors to know: that we have nothing to be ashamed of. That we have we should be proud of how we've persevered through all that all that ugliness and you are a testament to that. So I'm so glad that you reached out because you are doing phenomenal things in the United Kingdom. And I'm, I'm very proud of you. So thank you for acknowledging. Yeah. You, you noticed how I was standing on stage and I was standing there proud and I am, I am not ashamed of my past any longer. And God, I was so ashamed and you were too, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. It was yeah. it was almost like you had a the way you walked was so graceful, the way you held yourself, it was so powerful. It was just it embodied everything that, that I wanted to be. And being a man, it was hard, but I wanted so badly to, to, to do that, to, to help others. And the way you spoke, and especially the way you carried yourself, it was it was almost like you were an angel sent to give me a message. You had an aura about you, and it was just you know, it gives me a tingle thinking about it, Rena. It really does. <laughs> You're so sweet. I just love you and your wife, Angela, and, the, and your family. You're just wonderful people. And you're doing wonderful things over there. Um, so before we get into what you're doing over there now, I know. So you're a survivor of child, sir, thriver of child sexual abuse and um, murder of your father by your uncle that had to be very traumatic i you, you mentioned something aces ace and i would just want to tell people what that acronym in it, it stands for adverse childhood experiences and you're making policy change over there but before but before you got into doing the government and making changes over there for child abuse and helping children and helping men and having your support groups Tell me, when was it you decided to get help? Seven years ago. Okay. Seven years ago after um, I'd, I'd lived a life of the cliche, you know, I'd learned about AC. I hadn't learned about ACs. I was starting to learn about them. And I was a cliche, depression, suicidal, addiction, substance abuse, criminal. And I'd fallen into all that. And I didn't like the person who I'd become. My stepfather had just died. We'd had 18 miscarriages and I watched my stepfather take his last breath in front of me. And that kind of triggered the death of my real dad again and the murder and all the childhood stuff then that happened after. It was just a series of triggers. And I just had enough, Rena. I had enough. I, I walked into the local petrol station and I, and I tried to, to take my own life. And this is when I, I found God, so to speak, because um, I can't believe I'm still here. For the next six years after that, I knuckled down. I tried to get on top of my, my, my drug addiction. I I was working a job. I, I held doing a job for five years. And then my wife, she 
she had been groomed and, and raped when she was 14 year old and she was taking episodes. And I was trying to manage that from her family because, you know, it's hard, you, you know, you've been there, I've been there, you know, it's, it's hard for the families to, to even deal with that. So I dealt with that with Angela for so long to the point where Angela tried to take her own life and my son caught her. And uh, I says to Angela, I says, listen, I says, I'll never get a chance to get justice because he's gone. I says, but you can get your justice. And, and she, she made an agreement. She says, you know, she says, if I do this, she says, then justice or no, you're still going to need help as well. So you go to the doctors and tell them about what happened to you. So me being a man, thought to myself, okay, all I need to do is just go and tell the doctor one thing I've not told him yet. And um, I've done it. But he sent me up to psychology in the hospital. And I was sitting in front of two psychologists and I thought, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right, in for a penny, in for a pound. And I emptied myself, you know, I emptied myself. And a lot of folk could say, I'd read with men, don't say this, don't say that. I told them about everything, all the masculinity problems that had caused me, the, the, the just the, the general men stuff that we'll probably get on to. Um, and all the, obviously the guilt, the shame, the embarrassment, the, the mistakes I'd made. The, the type of person I was, I believed I was a bad person and I told them that. And at the end of two hours of me talking to them about everything, they looked at me with a look that I'd probably never seen before with two people in the same room. I expected them to look at me like, you're a bad, bad guy. And the look on their faces is now what I know is compassion and empathy. And they said to me, they said to me, and this was, this was really important, they said to me, Jay, everything that's happened up to your life to this point is not your fault. They words sank in with me, and my, I've got to name my, my psychologist. It was it was Dr. Karen Moffat and Dr. Catherine Watt. Catherine Watt worked with me on single sessions for about 50 sessions, but I went into a group therapy session, and this is where it really helped me. They said to me that if I didn't go into the group setting, male, it was the first ever male group survivor um, session because there was something about they didn't want to put men together with all the testosterone and the childhood stuff. So it was a trial <laughs> thing. Start throwing <laughs> chairs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. They really Typical did. men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they thought, how, how can we contain it if, if two men get triggered? And and I thought, and, and so it's credit because these two psychologists took the gamble. They put the, the, the first ever male NHS group therapy called Beyond Trauma together. It was a 26-week program. And... I says, I'll go along. I didn't want to. Didn't know what to sit in a room and talk to guys. But I had to if I wanted to get help or it was a two-year waiting list. So I went. And within the first week, I was hooked. I was sitting and there was guys opening up about similar things. And what they were doing now was similar. And the first thing I thought was, I'm not alone. It's not just me. You're I'd not alone. Thinking it was just me. Uh, I knew I knew there was maybe other family members, but I knew it wasn't just me. It wasn't just in my family. It was in it was in families everywhere with people that you wouldn't expect. You know, I can't name them because I've not got the permission. But oh, of course really not. Yeah, yeah, we can't people. give away their identity. Yeah. So yes, you know, but successful people, you know, business owners, uh, and there was the criminals like me. Uh, and it was just I just thought to myself at that point, you know, this is great. And as the twenty six weeks went on. I just felt, I felt different. I was learning about ACEs. I was starting to read about them. I'd read The Body Keeps the Score. I was I was consuming it. Pete Walker's From Surviving to Thriving. I was consuming anything about psychology to the point that I'm now in my 
my master's degree second year at university doing psychology and counselling. I, I turned my OCD and my addiction into learning everything I could about myself. Right, when the group, right. When the group ended, I went back to my psychologist two weeks later because I had a lull. I went backwards. And we, she identified it was because that I found that the, the safe setting of the, the groups and the peers with other men, I found that to be my safe setting. So I says, well, what can I do about that? She says, find a group in your area. So I looked and there was none, absolutely none, none enough. So, so you but, started a group in your area? So I started a group in my area. I started a men's support group. And I didn't start it for other men. I started it for myself, if I'm being honest, so that I could recreate that. And that's group. okay. <laughs> you know, the benefit of that now is I've set, I've helped charities set up um, their own ones. Uh, I've set my own ones up. And now I'm working with the biggest um, um, men's men's peer support charity in the UK, Andy's Man Club. Uh, and we're getting about 30 guys a week coming through the door and we're just about to open another one as well. So, it's, so how um, okay? So so you have one support group, and now you're opening another one. And do you run those yourself? Do well, you have do you have therapists there to help? I started them in our area, and then I got the, the charity in because they had therapists. So I wanted it okay. to be as professional as possible. But then there was starting so much red tape starting to come in, and guys were still getting denied help, and they really needed it. You know, and I know that I know when you need help, you need it there, and then you didn't need to wait. Three weeks. You can't wait three weeks. You can't wait three weeks. Sorry, can is a Scottish slang. You can't wait three weeks. Um, you yeah, can't when we're in crisis, we need help right now. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and and so what happened was I went from creating groups to being an advocate for men's mental health and adverse childhood experiences and child sexual abuse. So another charity came along to me called the Wave Trust, and I've went from I went from creating groups to being part of bigger groups now, like Andy's Man Club, and helping loads, lots more men. There's 1,700 men come through the doors every Monday up and down the nation. So we're wow. helping them. Wait a minute. Let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. 1,700 men every have Monday. walked through the door so far in the UK. Um, and we know that that number is low, that there are more men out there that need help. And um, so this is what I want men to hear. And and being a woman, I know the struggle. I know the struggle of uh, being a survivor of incest and sexual assault, rape. But being a man and, you know, it. It has to come, you feel like, you, and I think you touched on it earlier, that you lost your masculinity or you questioned your masculinity. And that is so difficult for men because they are being abused. So they have to question, well, maybe I'm gay. That Not that there's anything wrong with being gay at all. Um but for the the men who are heterosexual straight, um, it is quite a trauma for them, right? And and yes. you being a husband and you have a wife, Angela, and so seventeen hundred men. And are these men still coming to group? Are you reaching out? Is there a crisis hotline for men to call over there? The the group that I became part of. 
um, and help Andy's Man Club. They're actually a nationwide group, so they've got clubs in, in every town, city, up and down the country, just about. There's 72 clubs overall in Britain, and it's widely advertised. The doors are open every Monday night. The guys just need to turn up, and, and, and they can talk. They, they don't have to talk. They can talk as deep as they want, and, and it's a safe space. You know, what, what gets said in, in the club stays in the club. And, and, and you, you find absolutely it, it has to a brotherhood. And no, every guy's there because of child sexual abuse or substance abuse or, or 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 anything like that. But you know, because I know and I've dealt with a lot of guys, a lot of guys are there because of child sexual abuse, and they've nowhere else to go, and they didn't want to talk about it with their doctors or their friends. Right. And they've heard that they've heard that I'm there, and I do open videos and lives about it. So you know, it's easier to come along. So a lot more of them open up to me about it. Well, I'm glad that you're creating that safe space. And that's why the mission here with Sir Thriver Unleashed is to create a safe space. I, I uh, ask my guests to avoid and I avoid giving any details that would trigger a survivor. We need those safe spaces. And so that's why I created this on a more positive note, because there are other venues and other platforms where people can share their story and share the details of what happened. But I'm I'm creating this space so that we're not sharing those details so that we do not trigger survivors. I I'm looking at this space for uh, what can we do for recovery? So being a male. What would you say to men to help them get get into recovery if they haven't gotten help yet? What would you say to men that would help them in their recovery process? Oh, that's a big question. What would I say to men? I would I would tell them to speak out and they're not alone. That would plain and simple because the biggest fear a man has got, as you've touched on it and you've touched on it very well, Rena, is the masculinity. You know, for men. I don't know what it's like for women because I'm not a woman, but for men, when it happens and it's a family member and it's and it's and it's incest and it strips away your manhood. Um, I read somewhere it's a, it's a murder of the soul, and that's how I really feel about it. And it, it made me almost borderline homophobic for a lot of my years until I learned about it. Um, I thought I was gay by association. Um, you know, when I was younger, I tried to do some silly things like chop off my manhood and. And, and set fires and and offering my life, I, I you know I, I take no pleasure in saying this, but I like to be honest about this because it will maybe help guys. But I spent the first ten years of my twenty five year marriage cheating on my wife just to prove I was a man. Mm. We had the eighteen miscarriages. I kept putting off through the eighteen miscarriages, and I'm missing because every miscarriage is then reinforced. Oh, you've been abused. You know you're not a man. You, you, what, what right have you got? You've no chance. So I, I was they end up becoming addicted to trying making a baby to try and prove to myself that I was a man. I was being a criminal to prove to myself that I was being a man. So it's that stigma. It's that stereotypical belief that a man shouldn't speak out. A man shouldn't show any sign of weakness. Well, my message is it takes strength for a man to acknowledge that it's happened and it takes real strength, real strength to reach out and ask for that help. And the help's there in all forms of kind of peer support groups. And we've got another peer support group, which is with the charity and with the Now the Wave 30 Trust. And I've helped them put together the National Council of Lived Experience, Hearts of Ace. And that's a place where male survivors can come as well. 
Um, that's wonderful. And be heard. You know, it really is, Rena. It really is. We're creating some great stuff over here and some some good, good platforms for men and women. The thing about the council is uh, it's for men and women. Um, it's for anybody who, who's got lived experience, uh, uh, adverse childhood experiences, but it gives them purpose and it gives me purpose and it's given me the platform to go in and do what I'm doing now with, with government and campaigning um, and it offers anybody that comes into there that, that safe great. space and the opportunity to, to use their experience to, to, to help the world and change the world and make it a better place. Well, one thing I want to I go back to is the masculinity. And like I said, I have a lot of gay friends and there's nothing wrong with being gay. No. There's nothing wrong with be, uh, being bisexual. There's nothing no. wrong with uh, being um, asexual, what, whatever your anything preference. You yeah. Um, but but for straight people being abused and see, I was so messed up for so many years I was self-sabotaging. I didn't get married till I was 41. And I was afraid people would think I was gay. Well, when you're straight, that is an extra um, uh, fear there. Even though I had gay friends, uh, I feared that people would think I was gay. So I just want, I want to touch on that and let my gay friends know that um, we love you. And there's nothing wrong with it. But when you're heterosexual and you're you're going through these traumas, we've got a lot of stuff going on in our head. And uh, <laughs> excuse me. So there's a lot of extra baggage there, I would say, because if if I were gay, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Um, because whatever your sexuality is, do it. But thank you for sharing how you were sabotaging your marriage, too, and um, the things that you were doing, because we do act out. And one thing that that someone said to me once, Jay, is, um, you know, we're not responsible for what happened to us as children. But now as adults, we are responsible for uh, creating the life that we want. So I'm so glad that you're getting the help and that. I don't know. You know, I've gone through marriage counseling. Um, I think it's very important because communication is key <laughs> in any good relationship, whether it's uh, whether you're married or or not. But um, so you're still going to these support groups, and I want to say congratulations to Angela because she did get justice in a court of law and maybe we'll have her on the show at a later date, but you're doing all this work and you're involved with the adverse childhood um, experiences, the ACES program in the UK. You're doing a lot of advocacy work that's making changes in the UK. How did you get involved with that? And so let's start with there. How did you get involved with that real quick? Right. Okay. So I've said how I came out of the groups and I created groups. At the same time, I created a a Facebook page called Ace Awareness. It's still there if anybody wants to check it out. Um, Ace Awareness. And on that, I started doing videos. Uh, to try and encourage people in the community, local, I didn't think many people would watch me, but I'm quite surprised at some of the views I've got. 
and what I've done since. And I wanted to raise awareness of ACEs. That was the whole purpose. And I thought by doing videos and talking to survivors and men, I was I was doing the men thing, the men club, and I was doing the thing for ACEs. And it just grew and grew and grew and grew. We had events and then people started getting interested, the local community, then charities were getting interested. And then the Wave Trust came along. And and listen, the Wave Trust have had as big an impact as you or, or my family. They came along, George Hoskin, the, the, the guy who who owns the Wave Trust, OB, he's, he's an absolute diamond, diamond. I was meeting with him and he, and he had said that he had heard about me and the way I spoke about ACEs passionately. And he had a campaign with the Wave Trust called the 7030 campaign. And their mission was to try and get support from all the local MPs, um, all the MPs across the nation, so that we could try and put ACEs, ACE awareness uh, and ACEs in action and into, into policy, and it policy change. So my first task was there were seven MSPs left. We had 121 or 129. So the first task they say is, do you think you could help us get these MSPs to say yes and support the, the, the campaign? And I was saying, why not? I said, this is what I do. I'm, I'm shouting for the rooftops. I'm one man shouting on a, a video screen to on social media. I may as well try it with MPs. And to be honest with you now, because of my passion, I thought I, would have, I was nervous going into my first meeting with an MP. And I remember who he was. It was Gordon Lindhurst, and he was the last day of the Conservative Party to give his support. So it was a real tough one, so to speak, or supposed to be. Um, and I went into the meeting, and I had good guidance for Alex at, at WAVE. Um, he's a, he's a political guy, and um, I spoke with I spoke with this this first first ever MSP. I spoke to a member of the Scottish Parliament, and I, I told him my story, and I told him you know what I thought the country should be doing and why they should be endorsing it. And straight away, you know, he's it, like a supporter. And then we eventually got the the other. We got five of them, so we didn't get the the first minister because she obviously the first minister too busy for campaigns of any sort. So the next parliamentary term, we started again. And right. that was only last year. And wow. since last year, we have managed to now get 124 out of 127 MSPs. Aye, and what, what is an MSP? We're I'm, here in the United States. A member States. of the Scottish, a member of the Scottish Parliament. A member of the Scottish Parliament. And they make change and then they make laws. For yeah, change, they're, correct. They're like, your, they're like your mayors and senators and, and things. Senators like that. and representatives. Okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool. And the, the, the first ministers like the president Biden. So that is so I mean, cool. I'm so proud of you. That is great. Before I ask you my next next question, do you have a YouTube channel? I Be- do, but it's not very exciting. I've just started putting videos on it. Okay, yeah. So I was going to say because a lot of people are not on Facebook. But and they have anonymity when they go to YouTube. So learn how to put those YouTubes on there so men can go and and watch it. And um, yeah, so you'll get a lot more views and make a lot of changes. So doing all these changes, working with Parliament, working with the, the local governments, doing all the work you're doing. How is that helping you heal? Is it? You know, this is an easy answer, and it's something that I spoke about in a video just the other night there. It's something that I spoke about with the WAVE staff. WAVE gave me a purpose, and I found that was my calling. You know, I knew I wanted to raise awareness. I knew I wanted to help people. But what WAVE done was took all my passion, all my energy, 
all my, my, my belief in myself that I could make change and pointed me at Parliament where uh, at politicians, at the decision makers, where my voice could be heard and change could be possible. So we've actually got now to the point where we've got enough support that there was a debate in Parliament just last Thursday where all the politicians were speaking about the 70-30 campaign and if it should be backed. And it was unanimously backed that, that the Scottish Government should back the 70-30 campaign. Um, and I had the honour of three MSPs mentioning my name and I actually thanked for bringing the debate to Parliament. So that's huge in itself for me. Um, although it's, it's a way of trust who's doing all the work, but I, I am helping with the lived experience and I am part of it. Uh, before that, though, we managed to get the capital city, Edinburgh, um, and I spoke with Sue Weber, and she was she's a shadow she's a shadow cabinet drugs minister for the Conservative Party in Scotland. And I had a meeting with Sue Weber, and we spoke about what we could do to lower drug deaths. And I told her about adverse, adverse childhood experiences, people who are abused end up going into drugs, and uh, she she asked what she could do to help. And I said I says well I says if we can get this into policy. I says it's really going to affect a lot of lives. I says because we do have the answers. You know, in the UK, there's two million children who are abused and neglected, and, and none of the newspapers report on it. Nobody talks about it. And um, well, here's yeah. some here's something I want you to say to your parliament and to your um, authorities. It costs the country more money to to help these people who are neglected and abused. It takes more money to fix them than to educate and take care of them before the abuse starts. So putting the let them know, look how much money it's costing you. Look how many lives are wasting. To me, I think our best resources for any country is our children. And if we're not taking care of our children, we're not taking care of the future of our country. Because we need to take care of them to b- help build our country to a strong country. You know, there's lots of different arguments that we can that we can put in there. I'm so proud of you, Jay. And I we're going to have to wrap up here pretty quick. Um, but it does help having a purpose. And this is what I want people to know. Yes, I was on the Oprah Winfrey show. Yes, I did a TEDx talk. Um, yes, I do advocacy work and I speak at the Florida State Senate to get uh, laws changed to help survivors to the sta- to eliminate the statute of limitations, just like Jay is doing, making change. But survivor, get help, get healed, get happy, because if your purpose maybe is just to, to tell your story, to get help so that you can take care of yourself take care of your children, take care of your family, take care of your job, start a business, whatever it is. Not all of us are, are, are made to do advocacy work and that's okay. Not, not everybody can do it and you don't have to. This is what uh, Jay, I tell everybody, you don't have to go on the Oprah Winfrey show unless you want to, <laughs> to no, share your that. story. I see that to every survivor I speak to, I try and encourage them to get involved with the campaign and the council of the experience. And I tell them, I say, look, you don't need to tell your story, you know, but you can come in a safe space and contribute and and speak with like-minded people. You know, you, you don't have to shout it to the ceilings like God. They let you say some people yeah. are just made for it. When and, they're and- ready. Yeah, I don't like to trigger people. So when they're ready no. and 
because a lot of people, I couldn't do this work years ago. I I wasn't ready to do the work and I wasn't ready to go to the Florida state Capitol to testify. There's no way I, you know, I went on Oprah in 2009. I wasn't ready before that. So it, everybody's healing and recovery takes as much time or as little time as you need. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yes, it's a journey. It's a journey. And that's what I've found is I'm on a journey and I'm still on a journey. And, and the difference is now that I understand everything and I've got a purpose, I'm enjoying the journey. Good. And I'm so glad you reached out. I just think you're a phenomenal human being. I am so glad that the male survivor survivor group has you because men need more advocates. And uh, whether you're gay, straight, in between, bi, uh, whatever your sexual preference, there is no reason to be ashamed of your sexual abuse, child sexual abuse. If you were raped, my heart goes out to you. I understand the trauma. I understand the struggle. It's real. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's real, right? Jay, it's it's been wonderful having you here. So do you have a YouTube station right now or you're just starting it? Um, it's there I've started it but as I say I've just started putting a couple of videos on but it's there I think it's J's D-A-M-A-N I wanted to try and put man in there so um, because of the angle I'm coming from so it's J-A-Y-S D-A-M-A-N J's the man J's the man okay I love it and on Facebook they can find you where? They can find me by typing my name in, J-A-Y space H-A-S-T-O-N, or on my page, which is Ace Awareness. Ace Awareness. And you're on Twitter, too, because that's yes. how that's how you reached out to me originally, yes. I think, was on Twitter, yes. wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, and I'm so glad you did. <laughs> well, so am I. Believe me, so am I. I really am. I mean, I, I can't stop saying it. I can't stop saying it. You have no idea the impact you've had on me. Knock on to this nation. Well, you know what? I I did not realize how much impact that TEDx talk was going is having. I I wanted it to, and obviously you are proof positive that it's working. So thank you for sharing that with me. People don't understand it. We the littlest things we can do can have an impact on one person. And Diane Ladd, she's an American actress, and she said, if I've, if I've helped one person, then I've done my job. And Jay, you're helping so many people now and your road to recovery. So thank you. You're doing your job and it's helping you recover, right? Yep. It really is. It really is. Like I say, it's given me my purpose. I feel it's my duty now. I feel it's it's my calling. I feel it's what God's put in front of me, a path. Uh, As I've said before, I feel like I'm I'm destined that this is what I've got to do. Good. Well, you keep doing it because you're doing a great job and I love you. You tell Angela hello for me. We're going to wrap up. Surf Thriver, thanks for tuning in today. I'm so glad. 
And Jay, our first male on the show, you're making history and you're making so many wonderful changes. Thank you for being here. Thank All you, right. Rina. Thank you, okay. Rina. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. I love you. I've got so much respect for you. Keep, I love up, you keep too, on doing honey. what you're doing, all right? Keep on doing what you're doing. I love you too. I love you too, dear Jay. So, Sir Thriver, until the next episode, I wish you peace, love, hugs, and ciao for now. Ciao for now. <laughs>